Shalom to all. Today's off is Yuma Daf Yud Gimel, and we are starting five lines from the top at the two dots. And the Mishnah said, Rabbi Huda Imer, Rabbi Huda's opinion was, Afi We even prepare another wife for him, lest his wife die, and then the Kain Gadol is going to be serving on Yom Kippur without a wife, and that's not allowed to happen. Therefore, we have to prepare another wife for him. The Chum argued, and they had said that if we're afraid that his wife is going to die, then we should be afraid that the substitute's going to die, and then there's no end to that. The Gemara asked, Rabbanan Ami Hachashi the Shema, the Rabbanan do suspect that something may happen. As we said in the beginning of the Mishnah, the Rabbanan say we have to prepare another Kayin Gadol for this Kayin Gadol just in case the original one becomes Tameh. The Gemara says, Amr the Rabbanan will answer you, Toma Shechicha. It's common that someone's going to become Tameh. Misle Shechicha. It's not common that someone's going to die. Therefore, we do not have to prepare another wife for him. And the Mishnah continued, Amrulai, they had said to him, Imkain, if so, Ainlodavrasaif, there is no end to the suspicion. The Gemara says, Shaper Ka'amrulai, the Rabbi Huda, they have something very valid that they're telling Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Huda, Amrulai, Rabbi Huda will answer that and he'll tell you, Lamisa the Chadachashinan. We are afraid that one person's going to die. Lamisa the Tarati Lechashinan. We're not afraid that two people are going to die. Rabbanan, they respond to that, If you have to suspect that someone's going to die, I feel Lamisa the Train Chashinan, then we do have to suspect that even two people are going to die. But now the Gemara asks, Rabbanan, name Ru'in Alan Why don't the Rabbanan say that to themselves? Why don't they ask themselves the same question? If we suspect that something's going to happen, then we suspect it's going to happen to even two people, then why aren't we afraid that this replacement Kain Gadol himself is going to become Tameh, so we should have replacement for the replacement? Amri L'Charabonah, they would answer you, Kain Gadol Zarzu. The Kain Gadol himself, he's conscientious, and he's going to make sure that he doesn't become Tameh. The Gemara asks, Zarzu, if he's conscientious, why do we even have to make a replacement for him? He's going to make sure not to become Tameh. The Gemara answers, since they're making a rival for him, this potential second Kain Gadol might serve on Yom Kippur. For sure, he's going to be really careful and make sure he's not going to become Tameh, and therefore there's a very, very slight chance that even the second Kain Gadol is going to be a Kain Gadol, and there's no reason to prepare even a third one. Now the following sugi is going to take us almost to the end of the daf. In Rabbi Huda's Shita, is it really sufficient to prepare another wife for him? Beisai Amrachman of the Torah says he has to be Mechaper for his house, and we had said that's his wife. And this woman, this replacement, she's not actually his wife. He never married her. The Gemara answers, the Mechadish law, no, he was Mechadisher, he gave her Kiddush so therefore they're considered man and wife. The Gemara asks, if he didn't marry her, meaning he didn't do Nisuin, he didn't complete the marriage, she's not considered his wife. The Gemara answers, okay, he married her, no problem, there was Kiddushin and Nisuin, so therefore they're fully married. The Gemara continues asking, if so, now he has two houses, he has two wives. And he atones for himself and his house, and not for two houses, meaning he's only allowed to have one wife and not two wives. So the Gemara answers, no problem, the Hadam he divorced her. And from here on, it could get a little confusing, so pay attention. The Gemara asks, If he divorced her, so we are back to our original problem that he has only one wife, and if that wife dies, so he doesn't have another wife. The Gemara answers, and this is the first of many suggestions. The tonight. He divorced her al tonight on condition. He told her, This is your get, on condition that you die, Anyam Kipper. So if she dies, then the original one is still his wife. And Lima Freya, retroactively, we say that the second wife was divorced before Yom Kippur. So it's considered like he only had one wife on Yom Kippur. And if the first one dies, then once again, he has only one wife on Yom Kippur. The Gemara asks, Perhaps she's not going to die. And then it turns out that he has two houses, he has two wives. The Gemara suggests you're right. He told her, This is your get on condition that you're not going to die. If she doesn't die, then she's divorced. And he has only one wife. And if she does die, So he still has his first wife. The Gemara continues to ask, We still have a problem. Perhaps the second wife is not going to die. The high Gita, and that means that her get is a valid get, and retroactively she's divorced before Yom Kippur. Umaisa Chaverta and her friend, meaning the first wife, is going to die. The Kamle Bolei Bias, and it turns out that he did that Vaida 
on Yom Kippur without a wife. So the Gemara says, you're right. He said, I'm giving you again a condition that one of you dies. If this second one dies, he has the first one. If the first one dies, he has the second one. This is still problematic because perhaps none of them are going to die. And it turns out that he has two wives on Yom Kippur. And furthermore, this is a problem. Is this even a valid get in the first place? He says, If a person gives his wife a get and he says, this is your get on condition you do not drink wine. And then he adds a stipulation to it. If he says, All the days of my life, meaning as long as I'm alive, you are not allowed to drink wine. Now the Gemara in Gittin takes away this girsa. The next one is the more important one. Or if he told her, This is your get only on condition that you don't drink wine as long as you're alive. This is not considered a krisos. We know that a get is called a get krisos. It is something which is completely severing the bond between husband and wife. And this is not a complete severance because she has a condition which she is unable to fulfill while she's alive. She is not allowed to drink wine the entirety of her life. But if he says, as long as that person's alive, you're not allowed to drink wine. Hareza Krisis, that's considered a valid Krisis. It's a complete severing of the bond because that person might die. She's going to outlive him and then it would be a valid get. So what relevance does it have to here? When he divorces her on condition that she dies before the end of Yom Kippur, the condition has to remain unfulfilled during her lifetime. And that's not valid the same way that if she can't drink wine her whole life, so then the get's not valid. So we have another suggestion. El he told her as follows. Hareza Gitech, this is your get. On condition that your friend, meaning wife one, doesn't die. If number one doesn't die, then number two is divorced. And if number one does die, so number two is his wife, Riyam Kippur. The Gemara asks, perhaps number one is going to die, halfway through the Avoida on Yom Kippur, and then it turns out that retroactively, the Gita Daha that this one's get, meaning number two's get, it's not really a valid get because it was contingent upon the first wife not dying. And then it turns out that he did Avoida with two wives because because the get wasn't valid, and so it turns out that he had two wives on Yom Kippur, and that's a problem. So we have a different suggestion. El he told her, this is your get, on condition that your friend, meaning wife number one, does die. If number two dies, then number one is still around, and we don't have this issue. The Gemara continues to ask, we still have an issue with this. Perhaps number one is going to die, and that means that number two's get is valid. It turns out he did have Yom Kippur without a wife. Number one died, and number two's get was valid before Yom Kippur. So so he did that vayda without a wife. So the Gemara has a totally different suggestion. He gave two getin. Each one got a get. To one of them he said, This is your get on condition that your friend, meaning number two, doesn't die. And to the next one he said, This is your get. As long as you don't go into shul, and with this suggestion, it seems to be that he's covered all of his bases. If neither wife dies, then wife number one is divorced because hers was on condition that wife two doesn't die. If wife if one dies, it turns out that she was divorced all along because number two didn't die, and all wife two needs is to go into a shoal, thereby nullifying her get, and she remains married. If number two dies, the number one's get is automatically nullified because her get was valid only on condition the number two doesn't die. But the Gemara has a question on that. Perhaps number two is not going to die. And she's also not going to go into shoal in order to nullify her get. That turns out that both of their getting are valid. The 
become Leibelai Bayez. And then it turns out once again, the Kayin Gadol did have Adim Kippur without any wife because he ended up divorcing both of his wives retroactively. So Gemara says, you're right. And here's our final suggestion. To one of them, he told her, This is your get as long as your friend, wife number two, doesn't die. To the second wife, he told her, This is your get. As long as I go into Shul on Yom Kippur, then it's a valid get. If this one dies, we still have the other one. If the other one dies, we still have the other one. And what other possibility is there? What question would you ask? Perhaps her friend is going to die halfway through that Yom Kippur. And then it turns out that Lima Freya retroactively he did that in Kippur with two wives. That can't be because if he sees that the second one is about to die, the Kayin Gadol quickly runs into a shul. He validates her get. Now it turns out that she was retroactively divorced. So in this scenario, all bases are covered. If no one dies, the number one was divorced all along, and number two was his wife Yom Kippur. If number one dies, then she was divorced all along. The Kayin Gadol just has to make sure not to go to Shoal, nullifying number two's get. And if number two dies, the number one's get is Batal. What does the Kayin Gadol do? He sees that number two is about to die. He goes into a Shoal, rendering her get valid, retroactively divorcing her, showing that he was only married to number one the whole time. And now we have a question on something that we start out the Sugya with. We had said the Kayin Gadol is not allowed to have two wives because it says Beisai, implying he's only allowed to have one wife. So the Gemara says, Maskeflar of Asi, Vitemur of Avira, El Meato, if so, based off of this Svara, if we have two Yivamas coming from one house, there shouldn't be any Chiv of Yibam. We know the Chiv of Yibam is if a husband marries a wife and that person dies without children, so his brother has the Chiv of Yibam to marry his wife. And we know the Pasuk says, and it seems to be the Pasuk is talking about only one wife. So it seems to be, based off this Sfara, that if this brother has two wives, that his brother doesn't have a Chiv of Yibam to marry these wives. The Gemara says, no, Yivimta, Yivimta, Riba. We have a Reboy, we have an inclusion that since it says the word Yivimta twice, so that teaches us that even if he has two wives, there's a chiv of Yibam. The Gemara continues asking on something we mentioned at the beginning of the sugya. We had said that if the Kayin Gadol gives kiddushin to this woman, that's not considered like he's really married her. If so, the Gemara asks, Maskifla Ravina, Vitem Rav Shiravya, El Meata, if so, Arusa a woman who's an Arusa, she's only engaged. She only had kiddushin, but there was no nisuin, so there shouldn't be a chiv of Yibam for her. And we know that there is a chiv of Yibam for her. The Gemara says, no, Hachutza, it says in the Pasuk in regards to Yibam, Hachutza, Larabis Arusa, that's including in Arusa. The Pasuk tells us, the wife of the deceased should not marry a foreign man. She should marry the brother. And the drasha is, we take the word chutza and we put it earlier in the Pasuk. This woman who's considered chutza, she's considered an outsider. Why is she considered an outsider? Because she's not really fully married to him. She only had kiddushin and not nisuin. Nonetheless, there still is a chiv of yibam. And now the Gemara brings a sugya, which we will understand this relevance a little bit towards the end of the sugya. Tan Rabbanan, we have a brisa. We know that a kain gadol, he does a in the base of mikdash, even though he's an einin. When a person's close relative dies, he's considered an einin. He has no chiv in mitzvahs. There's machlekes up until when, but suffice it to say that for the first day before this person's buried, they have no chiv of mitzvahs. A kain is not allowed to serve in the base of mikdash as an einin. However, this brass is telling us that a kain gadol, even though he's an einin, he does serve in the base of mikdash. However, continues the brass of he doesn't eat, meaning he's allowed to do avoda. However, he's not allowed to eat anything that he brought on the mizbech. Rabbi Yehuda, he says kol hayim. The entire day. And the Gemara right away jumps on that and says, Michael, what does that mean? 
all day. Amarava, he says, Rabbi Huda is telling us is that we actually have to bring the Kain Gadol from his house, even though he's an Ainain, and we make him do Avayin in the base Hamikdash. This is in order to ease his pain and sorrow over his lost one. Amarle Abaye, he told Rava, According to Rabbi Huda, we're going to actually remove a Kain from the base Hamikdash if he's an Ainain. Titania says in the Brisa, We have a Kain, he's doing the Avayda, and it turns out that one of his immediate relatives died. He has to leave right away. That's Rabbi Huda's opinion. Rabbi Yaisi he says, Yigmar, he's allowed to finish the Avaida that he was doing. And you say, my that what Rabbi Huda is telling us is that we take the Kain Gadol who's an Ainain and bring him into the base of Mikdash to do Avaida. It can't be that Rabbi Huda holds such extremes. The one we're dealing with the Kain Hedyat, we drag him out of the base of Mikdash, and we're dealing with the Kain Hedyat, we drag him into the base of Mikdash. Rava says, You're right, we have a different understanding. My Kalayim, what does that mean, Kal Hayim in Rabbi Huda? Yudal Ramad Alpha on the top. Loimer means to say, He's an Ainain. He actually does not do Avaida during the day. Does Gzair, perhaps while he's doing the Avaida, he's going to accidentally eat something. And therefore, we don't want him to accidentally eat something. And he has to do Avaida only at night, but not during the day. Does Rabbi Huda really have this gzera that perhaps he's going to eat? We have our Mishnah. Rabbi Huda, he says, We even prepare another wife for the Kain Gadol. Perhaps his wife is going to die. And if his wife dies, he's still going to do that. And Rabbi Huda wasn't geyser that perhaps he's going to end up eating. So clearly we see that Rabbi Huda is not bothered by the fact that he might end up eating. He told him, Is that really a comparison? Hasam over there, Kimu Yam Kippurum, who since it's Yam Kippur, the Kuli Amalekahli, no one's eating on Yam Kippur. Who Namilasimechal, he's not gonna end up eating either. But Hach over here, when we're just dealing with a regular weekday and the Kain Gadol's in Ainain, the Kuliyama Akhli, everyone's eating. Who Namiasimechal, he might accidentally forget and he might end up eating. That's why when we have a Kain Gadol who's in Ainain during the regular weekday, he is not allowed to do Avaida because he might accidentally eat. But now the Gemara asks on this, In this scenario, where the Kain Gadol's wife died on Yom Kippur, would he really be considered an Ainain? Vamigarsha, he already divorced her. Remember, we concluded the Getzogya establishing that when he sees wife two about to die, he quickly walks into a shul, divorcing her retroactively. This means that when she dies, she wasn't really his wife anymore anyway. So he's not really an Ainain. So what's this far that he's an Ainain? The Gemara answers, no. You're right. Even though he's not really an Ainain, it's Shrudi Milay Mitrid, for sure, he is preoccupied. His wife just passed away. So even though halachically he's not an Ainain, it was his wife and she passed away. And so he's definitely going to be tarred. He's going to be preoccupied. He's going to be sad and despondent. And Rashi tells us that we know that you're not allowed to eat kachim while you're sad and despondent and you're preoccupied with something. And that was the svar that we we're trying to bring out with the Kain Gadol doing Avod Yom Kippur as an Ainain. Again, not as an Ainain, but as someone who's sad and is technically not allowed to eat kachim. We're going to stop here for the day. Pick up tomorrow with a fresh Mishnah. Everyone should have a wonderful day.